The President, Michael D. Higgins, has today called for those spreading far-right extremism and hate to be opposed. In an interview with the Sunday Independent newspaper, President Higgins described as unforgivable the actions of those who are sowing hate and whipping up fear over the location of refugee centres. But how can communities resist the far-right and are far-right activists a threat to Irish democracy? Dr Barry Cannon lectures in politics and sociology at Maynooth University. He's been published, he has published a research called Resisting the Far-Right, Civil Society's, uh, Civil Society's Strategies for Countering the Far-Right in Ireland. I spoke to him earlier and asked him what strategies are being used by the far-right and what are they trying to achieve? Uh, well, first of all, what I'd say is the strategies are various. First of all, it's a very powerful online strategy. And that can be both by figures which are identifiable in the far right and also by anonymous figures, uh, you know, people who just activists, online activists and so on. And the purpose of that is to spread far right ideology, I suppose, which is basically usually quite authoritarian in approach, nativist in the sense that it makes an emphasis on the on sort of nationalist elements um, and ethnic nationalist elements. Um, and also quite conservative in terms of uh, different groups such as like women's groups and also LGBT groups and migrant groups and so on. So there's a strong element of different phobias there as well. So you have that sort of online element and then there's the more uh, um, noticeable one which is like particular figures that who become kind of like figureheads for the movement. And then there's the street uh, demonstrations as well. We saw that during COVID and now we're seeing it again where uh, people, where the far right are latching on to people's concerns about particular policies and trying to mobilise people out in the streets. So we, we have the, you know, those two elements. And I would say in terms of objective, it's eventually to get into our democratic institutions, to get representation in our democratic institutions, but also to main, try to mainstream these discourses, to make those discourses the frame through which we see particular social problems uh, that are taking place at the moment. Yes. So, 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 so are they then trying to, to, as you put it, to mainstream racist language? Yes, I would think so. Yes, definitely. It's a frame through which we can see our social problems. So rather than, say, blaming elites or blaming, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, or the government or whatever, although they'll do that as well, they can say that the, the real issue is uh, migrants, for example, that it's they who are taking up all the, uh, um, uh, you know, health you know, occupying spaces in the health system and so on, or the educational system and so on. So what's your assessment then of the response from, from the state, from the government, from the authorities to this, this rise in far-right extremism in this country? Well, I'll just tell you a little bit about the project that we did, which was called Resisting the Far Right. It was a project that was financed by the Irish Research Council. And what we did is we worked with NGOs and civil society organizations uh, that would be most exposed to uh, far right discourse. So, you know, migrants groups, feminist groups, left groups that would be fighting the far right, LGBT groups, those sort of people. And we engaged with them and asked them about it, about these different elements. And one of them was about the state's response and what people said to us was basically that it's very much a, a lazy fair approach to the far right that it's very much liberal based in the sense that it, it it's just um it doesn't really interfere with the far right or doesn't see the far right as a particular problem because of you know this idea of free speech and that we've got to protect free speech and how should it be tackled then one of the things that came up 
was that the causes of people being attracted to the far right had to be tackled. So that was for, you know, the whole issue of austerity and cuts which took place back in 2000, you know, 2010 to 2013. Uh, so the, the, the social grievances which can be played upon by the far right, they have to be looked at. But also two things came up in the research that we did. One was more that the state should have coercive responses and also citizenship building responses. So, for example, in terms of coercive responses, uh, one of the main things that came up was about social media, of course, you know, and how far-right discourses spread across social media. So people argued for increased controls and regulation of social media companies, um, and particularly holding them legally responsible as publishers for the contact they facilitate and provide. Um, another area was greater guard of surveillance of uh, far-right individuals, groups and activities with community cooperation and input so that, you know, they'd consult with the community on how to be able to tackle these groups. And an interesting thing that came up as well as was disclosure of funding and revenue, revenue sources of far-right groups, including possible banning of their overseas funding. So these were some of the coercive things. I think also it's important to say that people talked about citizenship building responses. So that would be about, you know, uh, helping the NGOs that, uh, and and civil society groups that work in those communities to be able to teach media literacy, to be able to spot misinformation and to be able to counter that misinformation or xenophobia uh, online or in their communities themselves, to give them the tools to be able to do that. So it's very important to build a sort of a, a bottom-up kind of approach where uh, civil society organisations and community groups can be funded in order to be able to build that approach amongst communities. If far-right extremism is, is allowed to go unchecked, where is all of this headed? I mean, is there a danger perhaps that mainstream parties, uh, established political parties here, will start moving to the right to try to head off extremists uh, because yeah. they see that what, what they are doing is proving to be popular among a certain cohort? Um, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, we asked people in our work about what they felt the threat of the far right was to Irish democracy at the moment. They said that there isn't an immediate threat, but that could change very rapidly. And you just need a particular change of circumstances or a particular leadership to emerge that can make the far right actually begin to gain ground. And we can see examples of that, for example, in Spain and in Portugal, uh, particularly Portugal is the most recent one where, you know, the far right came out from nowhere and now have around 10% of the vote. And then once you get that institutional fo uh, uh, foothold for the far right, then they, they can begin to change the nature of the conversation away from progressive uh, uh, ideas towards more regressive and anti-democratic ideas. And then you'll have sort of party competition where parties will have to compete with that or do deals with them in Parliament in order to be able to get into government, which is, you know, what's happening in Spain at the moment. So there's a real threat that that can begin to change the sort of the nature of discussion and make in general, you know, Ireland's got a very, uh, it's quite liberal at the moment uh, and quite progressive and many social issues. But that could change if you've got a more acute uh, electoral competition, particularly on the right. Dr Barry Cannon there from Maynooth University speaking to me earlier. Well, that's our lot for today. Our team today, Max Falvey, was the broadcast coordinator on sound was Harry Buckless. And the editor of this week is Elaine Devlin. Back again next week. Thanks for listening and take care. Bye.